Hashtag SAFMBTH. 14 minutes after 3 o'clock, we're in conversation next with Dr. Figile Vilagazi, political analyst. So, 74-year-old Dr. Nkosa Zanadlamini Zuma has now said that she will not be returning to Parliament after announcing her retirement and is one of South Africa's longest-serving members of a Cabinet and also members of Parliament. And in that letter that was penned to the head of the ANC's Electoral Committee, she says that it will not be necessary to schedule the interview for the 2024 National List because I I've taken the decision to retire from being a member of a, a, a member of the South African uh, of the South African Parliament. Uh, Dr. Um, Vilagazi now joining us on the line. Dr. Vilagazi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. I'm still trying to make sense of the shock that was expressed at the news. But what do you read into this decision, and how do I, and what do you read into how South Africans and those who have responded to this news have responded? Good afternoon, uh, Adrian, and to listeners at home. I'm not surprised that uh, Dr. Zuma has decided to retire. I mean, just um, you know, to remind us that uh, one of the interviews that she did when they were voting for Palapala panel, independent panel in Parliament, you know, she was interviewed after that uh, about her decision to differ from the political party. And, and in one of the questions, in one of her responses, she was actually saying, watch um, in January, wait until January. It was a question that she was asked in relation to whether she would actually be staying in the cabinet under the presidency of uh, the incumbent, Cyril uh, Ramaphosa, Honorable President. So it is not surprising for me that uh, come January, then she makes this decision. I think it's something that has been in the pipeline. It's something that she's been thinking about. Um, you know, I, I, what is surprising, though, for me, I didn't imagine it coming as a retirement. You know, I thought perhaps she'll be joining another political party. I thought she would be taking a different political uh, direction. Um, maybe this is what it is, you know. But it's not a bad thing necessarily, Adrian, in, in South Africans, because there has been a lot of conversation about aging, um, about uh, intergenerationality, you know, in the Parliament of South Africa, in our politics, about changing um, the content and the texture and the layer of our political space. And, and I think a lot of people in that conversation have been saying our parliament is predominantly, um, you know, elderly without finding ages. I'm just reading what has been said in the nation. And I want to believe perhaps she's one of the people that has made so many attempts to you know, to stand for the presidency of the country, to stand for the presidency of the ANC. Um, and she's been, um, you know, representing South Africa internationally. She was at the AU at some point, and so on. she's done her part. So it's not surprising that she is she is retiring. However, Elgin and South Africans, I think that we need to also say and ask ourselves a question about the manner in which women politicians in particular are exiting the political space and the political sphere, particularly within the African National Congress. You know, you look at Mama Nkosa Zuma, you look at Mama Obali Gambete, you know, and just to mention a few names, how they're exiting in the form of retirement in the manner that they're doing without really having had an opportunity, including Mama Linda Sisud, to lead in the manner that they would have wanted, at least to be in the testing or in the top um, I think now it's called top seven, I can't remember. So, so there's that. But there's still a question. There's still a question that I can't not ask. 
why is it that this announcement is coming at the time of the emergence of Mkondoa Right, I don't necessarily have the answer, but that's those are things that are running in my head and in my mind and in my heart as, as I see this. Do you then think that some people could read into this particular decision because she doesn't she, she doesn't state outside of the retirement why she's deciding to um, not avail herself uh, for parliament that people could read into this um, that it is a vote of no confidence in the leadership of the president of the ANC Cyril Ramaphosa. Well, I don't necessarily think so because she stayed, right? Uh, the, the, the President Ramaphosa was was voted into this cycle now that is ending. And there were questions to her to say, are you going to stay in the cabinet? And she did stay. She was a minister in the presidency for women. But I, I think there's something that is anticipating about the change in sphere of what's happening currently in, in our politics. Clearly, the ANC is not going to gain 50% vote, and chances are that the ANC is going to lose seats in parliament, and we are heading towards coalitions. And there's a lot of contestation about her relationship with former President Jacob Zuma, you know, both personal and political. And I think that dynamic has, um, I'm going to select the word, has really deeply irritated her in the political sphere because for a very, very long time, even in her campaigns for presidency, she's never been able to really shine and come out as an independent political figure without always being aligned to former President Jacob Zuma. And I think this rise from Condoleezza was just was just a last knock, you know, on her character, I mean, not on, on her statue as a, as a former wife of the president. And I hate to make that alignment, but that is something she probably said, I cannot do this again. There is no way that I'm going to go into parliament yeah. from Condoleezza makes it, you know, and still be caught up in this politics of Zumarism. And, and, and I, I'm reading that in that way as well to say, I, I think it's just exhaustion that says I'm just tired of being aligned in these ways. And, and, and there's no hope in South Africa to be aligned differently okay. at the moment. Just a quick final one, back to the issue in relation to age. Um, do you think that um, we could see a shift in terms of the um, generational mix that we see in cabinet right now, for instance, Ronald Lamula, who is turning 40, I think, um, he's the youngest member of, 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 of the cabinet. While on the other end, we just saw um, a couple of days ago in France, for instance, that uh, President Manuel Macron has announced Gabriel Attal, who is only 34 years old, as the prime minister. I think we should, uh, Adrian. You know, South Africa is heading towards that time that uh, the country is going to be led by young people, uh, inevitably so, because you can see um, sort of the, the exiting and the exodus of the chapter of what you call the liberation struggle, Qaeda, who has aged, uh, who, is, who is retiring and, and, and is really also taking a different political direction, either by splitting political parties in the form of the ANC and so on. But there's a new Qaeda also that is emerging. I always call it like something is dying, but something is being reborn. And in my reading of the South African politics, the rebirthing of our political sphere in this maturity of our democracy is leading us to to that kind of a place where we need to follow countries like Finland, uh, like you say in France now, and a number of other countries who are beginning to bring in more young people, more young energy into the political sphere yep. for purposes of saying, let us align our political agenda to the needs of the 21st century. 
right, um, and then perhaps accept the fact that each and every generation has got a particular role to play. And in our country, the role of the liberation fighters has sort of ended, right? So it's a new era. I think, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a must. Um, yep. Whether we achieve it in 2024 or not is something else, but it is a must that Parliament has got to be intergenerational and preferably predominantly young. Thank you so much for your time. Dr. Vilagazi there, who's a political analyst. Your thoughts on that? And also considering that, of course, as we head into the elections as well, would you love to see a more youthful representation of people who make it onto the national and the provincial list as well?